me invite you to open up a Bible with me this morning to Matthew's Gospel. We're in Matthew chapter 7 today, verses 13 and 14. And if you're using a pew Bible, you can find this text on page 788. Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. And because we've got communion today, we've got the Lord's Supper uh, later in this worship gathering. Our kids are invited to remain right here uh, with us for this special time of worship. But kids, let me just encourage you, uh, as you do, uh, if it helps you, maybe uh, use the, the sermon outline, maybe take some notes, fill in those blanks, uh, follow along as you're able, and uh, put your, your heart, your mind before the Lord and hear from Him. I'd love to see those uh, after the service too. love for you to come show me uh, perhaps uh, what you've heard in our gathering today. But we're in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 13 and, and 14 as we continue our journey uh, through the Sermon on, on the Mount, Jesus' famous sermon. And uh, today we continue toward the end of uh, this sermon, just a, a couple more weeks, two or three more weeks, and we'll wrap up. Uh, this extended teaching of Jesus. But as you find your place there in Matthew chapter 7, let me invite you, uh, all who are able, would you join me standing for the reading of, of God's Word? Let's hear these words together of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Would you pause with me for prayer? Well, God, help us now to hear these words of the Lord Jesus. God, help us to hear, to believe, and to follow. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, you may be seated. We're here near the end of, of Jesus' sermon. He issues a summons, a call. Enter through the narrow gate. He uses the same verb elsewhere, enter, uh, to describe entering the kingdom of heaven or, or entering life. In other words, here's an invitation to enter heaven. Jesus says, uh, enter the kingdom of heaven through the narrow gate. The entry point into heaven is the narrow gate. And the narrow gate is Jesus Christ. The way to heaven is as narrow as Jesus the way to heaven is as narrow as, as Jesus. In a nutshell, that's what Jesus is saying here. There's two roads and two gates, a broad road with a wide gate and a narrow road with a narrow gate. Jesus says you best be on the narrow road and pass through the narrow gate if you want to really live. There's a couple of different ways that... Uh, Interpreters read this passage. Some read this and see uh, the, the gate as the entry point onto the narrow path or the narrow road that ultimately leads to heaven. Others read it and they conclude that uh, the, the narrow path or the narrow road leads to the gate that then is the entry point through which you must pass to enter into heaven. And I think Jesus is probably portraying the, the latter, although it really doesn't matter, a path leading to a gate that is the entrance to John Bunyan's celestial city a.k.a. heaven. But regardless of which comes first, the gate 
symbolizes, it certainly symbolizes a critical decision, an entry point through which you pass in a moment. While the road probably symbolizes the journey or the, the lifestyle, a path you travel for quite some time. So there's two roads leading to two separate gates through which you either pass to eternal life or to eternal judgment. Two possibilities ending in drastically different destinations, either destruction or life. It's another high-profile court case that's been on television in recent weeks. And no doubt you've probably seen news headlines of it. Maybe you've watched some of it. Alec Murdoch trial for, for murder. And I don't know why some of these... Trials become sort of high profile. Everybody's paying attention and others don't. But in this particular case, he's either guilty of murder or, or he's not guilty. The verdict's been reached. Guilty or not guilty. Two, two options. There's not sort of partially guilty or semi-involved in, or an accomplice. No, it's, it's guilty or, or not guilty. Two possibilities resulting in drastically different uh, destinations. And friends, let's, let's hear the weight of Jesus' summons here. Given the drastically different destinations, enter through the narrow gate. In other words, there's a personal choice to be made for those who hear God's word. There are no neutral listeners. Just hearing the good news doesn't get you into heaven. It's not enough. You've got to go down the path and enter the gate. You don't just drift in. Nobody drifts in to heaven. Nobody drifts in to Christianity. Uh, You've got to choose to follow Jesus. Choose to follow Jesus. That's the, the call. Of the text. Choose to, to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus, right? No turning back, no turning back. Choose to follow Jesus. The way to heaven is as narrow as Jesus. So friend, choose to follow Jesus. He's the gate through which we must enter into eternal life. He's the one who said, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Follow Jesus is to submit to him. It's not a way of living, and this is important. It's not, it's not a way of living that earns heaven. It's not works-based salvation. Salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. But it's a way of living by faith in the Lord that prepares your heart to receive the provision of Jesus Christ. It's as if Jesus is saying... Live a life of faith in God. Keep trusting Him until you pass through me to salvation. For I am the gate through whom you must enter to receive eternal life. Friends, if Jesus is the gate, then Jesus is the one way into God's eternal kingdom. He's the one way. The only way. He's the one way into God's eternal kingdom. It's popular today to believe there are many ways to God. But if there are many ways to God, if there are many paths to salvation, if there are many ways to God, then the Bible's not true and Jesus is a liar. For Jesus taught there's a narrow road leading to a narrow gate through which you must enter to be saved. And if you don't, you remain on the broad road leading to a wide gate resulting in death and destruction. 
Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, I'm it, he says. Jesus says, this is it. If you want to know God as your Father and spend forever with him, then you've got to come through me. The Bible says salvation is found in no other name, no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Church, Jesus is the one way into God's eternal kingdom, yet the majority reject him. Most folks reject the God who sent his son to save. The majority reject God living for self. Jesus is saying here, stating, using the picture of the the broad road and the wide gate, the majority reject God and live for for self. And that's not just true in other far places of the world. That's true right right here as as well. I had recently begun doing a, a demographic study, an updated demographic study of our area, of our community, and just begun to process some of what that tells us. But one of the things that uh, that was striking right away as I began to look at this over the last few days is right here in our immediate community. I'm talking within a mile of where we are right now. 70 to 80 percent of folks rarely or never attend church. 20 to 30 percent of folks attend church with some regularity. 70 plus folks rarely, if ever, attend church. Right here in Bible Belt, Alabama today, North Shelby County. Your neighbors and my neighbors, our church neighbors, right here. Many living as if they don't believe in the God of Scripture. Now, I'm not talking about sin. All fall short of God's glory. We know that. Every one of us. All of us are sinners, falling short of the glory of God. But we're talking about a life of rejecting God, of choosing to continue in rebellion rather than surrender in faith. The broad road leading to destruction implies that this is the one on which most folks are indeed traveling. It's the way of the world. It's the way of sin. In fact, the Bible always seems to portray the masses ultimately rejecting God. The masses of people, the majority. It's the, it's the crowds during Jesus' ministry that they're flocking to him, but at the end of the day, most of them reject him. It's the inhabitants of the earth is the language used by the prophets and then again in Revelation, the book of Revelation. Inhabitants, it's, it's earthly folks, people of the earth, unbelievers. Yet even so, there's always a remnant of those with faith in the living God. It's the 7,000 in Elijah's day who did not bow to an idol. It's the disciples during... Jesus' ministry. They're part of the crowd, yet they're choosing to follow Jesus. It's the, the representatives from every nation, tribe, people, and language in heaven, around the throne of heaven. And yet, even in times of great gospel advance, many reject the Lord. But there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. It's a way that seems like the best way to go, the right way to go, the way that's uh, free from restraint, but ultimately, Ultimately, it leads to death or destruction. This is the broad road, the road that might promise and provide pleasure and power, but it leads to destruction. 
It's the way of the majority. It's the way of the world, the way of sin, the way of the wicked about which we're warned in the opening verse of the first psalm. Book of Psalms begins this way. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Blessed is the one who doesn't travel that road. Doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. The Bible warns us. God warns us. Friends, Jesus summons us to enter through the narrow gate. For most reject God living for self, traveling the easy road. This is the natural, popular way of sin. It's the natural, popular way. It's the easy way. The natural, popular way of sin. And I think it's important for us to note, this is not describing some particularly heinous path. It's some folks, like sort of, revert to or get sucked into. No, this is the this is the popular way. This is the broad road with the wide gate. It's the popular path without a care and without constraint. You do you, I'll do me. BK, have it your way. You what? You what? You rule. You rule. That sounds good. I like that. After all, who should tell you what you should do? This is the easy path, the natural, popular way filled with people living for self. God warns us in his word. He warns us through Solomon, the wise king, about the way of the wicked, saying in Proverbs, the opening chapter of Proverbs, describing through the wicked path and the way of sinners. says, my son, do not go along with those folks. Do not set foot on their paths. For their feet rush into evil, they are swift to shed blood. It's the way of the world. It's a way of living that keeps on rejecting God. A posture of rebellion captured by John. In John chapter 3, when he speaks of Jesus, he says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light. Because their deeds were evil. Friends, the way to heaven is as narrow as Jesus Yet the majority reject him, living for self, traveling the natural, popular way of sin. So take heed. We need to take heed upon hearing the word of the Lord this morning because this path leads to hell. This path leads to hell. So Jesus is saying here, certainly in the greater context of the rest of what he says, even just in Matthew's gospel, it becomes quite clear. That's what he's talking about, destruction. His words here are meant to be a warning. The word destruction implies deep danger and utter ruin. It's the eternal punishment that Jesus describes in Matthew chapter 25 when when King Jesus will separate the sheep from the goats, welcoming his people into the Father's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, yet banishing unbelievers, this is what he says, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels, chapter 25, verse 41. This is not a pretty picture. Friend, I can't speak to you, to your particular spiritual position before God. I, I only know mine. But according to Jesus, right here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, you are either on the way to Him or you're on the way from Him. There's only two roads. And you're on one or you're on the other. He says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. 
And only a few find it. Jesus is the one way. He's the one way into God's eternal kingdom. A majority reject him living for self, but a minority trust Christ living for him. A minority trust Christ living for him. A minority do trust him. Do trust Jesus traveling the narrow way, living for Jesus. The Broadway implies that many are on that path and more seem to be joining them. That's sort of the picture that we get, that this is the way of the world. This is the way with without constraint and more people are being uh, called and invited to be a part of it. The, 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 the crowd is growing down this path. But then the narrow road suggests it's the, lo- the road less traveled. R.T. France, commentator on this text, says this. He says, true discipleship is a minority religion. Eternal life is not found by following the crowd, but by a deliberate and costly decision. It's countercultural. And if you choose to travel this road, you may find that it feels like you're alone. There's plenty of company on the broad road, but this is the narrow, restrictive way of submission to God. The narrow, restrictive way of submission to God. We we don't like to submit. Anti-authority attitude has swept America in recent decades, and it's destroying families, it's dividing classrooms, it's even uh, leading to the downfall of corporations. We, We don't like to be told what to do. There's a set of expectations and rules to follow. But if you're not willing to submit to the Lord and His ways, then you're on the broad road leading to destruction. Narrow road portrays a path of submission to God. Not not perfect obedience. That's not what we're talking about here. For in Jesus, perfect obedience of Christ perfect righteousness of Jesus Christ, the only one who's perfectly obeyed, has been imputed to us. It's been given to us. It's been applied to to our account by faith in Him. But we're talking about a posture of faith in the Lord that results in obedience. The book of Proverbs says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The posture of recognizing who He is, recognizing There's a God. We're not Him. And He is worthy of our obedience. That we're accountable to Him. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you don't have a desire to obey the Lord, then you're probably not on the narrow road. Narrow path is a way of living that respects the boundaries God has established. We read many examples in the Bible, many Old Testament examples of God warning his people to remain on the path of obedience, not as an avenue to earn his love or to earn his favor, but as a response to his love, his saving grace. I'll note just a handful of examples. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 32. This is after the the giving of the law, after the giving of the Ten Commandments, or the the second giving of uh, the Ten Commandments to a, a new generation of Israelites preparing to enter the promised land. It says, Be careful to do what the Lord your God has commanded you. Do not turn aside to the right or to the left. In relationship with him, you've heard about his, his expectations for you. Stay on the path. Follow after him. 
or Joshua chapter 1. He says, be strong and very courageous. Joshua, be careful to obey all the law my servant gave you, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. And a final example in 2 Kings chapter 22, referring to King Josiah, a good king, a man who obeyed the Lord's instructions. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and followed completely the ways of his father David, not turning aside to the right or to the left. See, again and again, we hear hear a warning. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Stay on the path of surrender to God. Walk by faith in Him. God's commands are, are narrow in the sense that there's no room for deviation. It's the path of faith. The path of faith in God that prepares us to receive the provision of Christ, thereby trusting Jesus for entrance into heaven. Friends, this path leads to heaven. This path leads to heaven. Friends, Jesus is the gate. There's no other entrance into heaven. He's it. He said, and to enter the gate that is Christ is to put your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord. It's to say, Jesus is my Savior. He's my Savior. He's the one who's rescued me. He's the one who's taken my guilt and my sin in exchange for his righteousness before God. It's to say he's my Savior. And it is to say that Jesus is my Lord. And I surrender to follow him. Well, friend, is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? Is your faith in him as the way and the truth and the life, the way to the Father? Have you turned from the broad road and put your faith in Jesus Christ? Don't miss the way to heaven. For the way to heaven is as narrow as Jesus. So choose Jesus now. Choose Jesus now. Now, there's an urgency about the message. Do not delay. Do not wait. Put your faith in in Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Savior of the world today. Put your faith in Christ today. Enter through the narrow gate. For whoever believes in Him, whoever believes in Christ is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Friends, Jesus is the way. He is the gate. A way that has been offered to all who who hear and respond with faith in Christ. So let me urge you, choose Jesus now. Choose Jesus today. Put your faith in Christ today for salvation. Give your life to Him. Turn from sin and trust in the Savior. And be forgiven and restored, and the recipient of eternal life, entering the kingdom of heaven. Just a moment, we're going to respond. We're going to have a time of response, of, of singing, of the hope that we have in Christ, expressing our faith through song, rejoicing over what it is that God has done for us in, in Jesus. It's a time of worship. It's a time of laying our hearts before Him. It's a time of responding to the word of, of the Lord. And if you've not chosen to put your faith in Christ, if you've not chosen to follow Jesus, hear, hear the call of, of Christ himself and put your faith in, in Jesus today. Maybe you've heard that message 
this morning for the first time. Maybe you've heard it for the hundredth time, but you've sensed the prompting of the Lord today to put your faith in Christ, to choose to follow Him. As we stand in just a moment, as we sing, I'll be down front. Another one of our ministers will be at, Kevin will be at the welcome desk. You just want to share that with somebody. This is an appropriate time to do that. We'd love to hear from you to celebrate God's work in our hearts. Let's stand together. Let's stand as we prepare to sing. Oh God, hear our praise now. Lord, lead us to worship you now. God, lead us to put our faith in you now. Lead us to put our faith in Jesus and to walk by faith in Jesus and to celebrate the hope that we have in Christ. And Lord, even now, as we celebrate that hope, Lord, may you continue to impress those upon our hearts and our minds that do not know you, that we might tell them the way. Christ, we thank you for being the way. Lead us to believe and to follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.